This is a Courageous Church podcast, equipping and empowering you to live a courageous life. Join us now as we listen to a message from Courageous Church in Salt Lake City, Utah. I'm from Texas, I got to tell you, but uh, I've spent a lot of time in Israel. I've lived there. Uh, I work there constantly, uh, constantly back and forth. And at one point in time, I was living in Jerusalem, in the city of David. And your dear pastor, he came out and he spent a little bit of time with me for my birthday, a birthday surprise, right? And one of my favorite things to do there in the Holy Land is to actually leave the metropolitan area, to get outside of the city and to get into the desert, you know, because there's just something really special about that place. And I just walk until I, until I, I hit Bedouins. And, and just love on them and then, and then turn around and walk until I get lost out there in the desert. And one day your pastor came with me and we, we were going to go and we were just going to walk through the desert. We were going to walk through those places where David hid from Saul. We were going to walk through those places where, where the, 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 the very history of our Bible took place. And a, a forest ranger stopped me. And I, 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 you know, I didn't really think of it as a forest, but he stops me and he goes, hey, 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 hey. He goes, hey, what, what are you doing? I go, I go well, we're, we're, we're going on a hike. We're going on a walk. And he goes, no, 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 no. You can't, you can't walk right now. It's too hot. <laughs> it's so hot. People are going to die if they walk here now. And I go, man, don't worry. I'm from Texas. And he goes, oh, well, go, go right ahead. <laughs> Be my guest. And so we walked. We walked through, through the desert. We walked through those places. I love Israel. I have the, the unique experience of being born in a family that has prayed for the peace of Jerusalem, has prayed for the Jewish people, has ministered to them since before I've been born. This is a part of our history. This is a part of, of what we do. It's a part of our, our DNA and it is such a joy. We, we actually have the Jerusalem prayer team. Uh, that's a, a wonderful ministry that is centered around, it's focused around not praying against anybody, but praying for the peace of Jerusalem, praying for the promises of the Bible, praying for the Jewish people and blessing them and loving them with an extravagant love. We have the Friends of Zion. I'm actually the CEO of the Friends of Zion Museum there. We have nine buildings in the heart of Jerusalem that are all about sharing and loving and educating and inspiring. You know, there is a long, dark history of things that professing Christians have done to the Jewish people, of anti-Semitic attacks that professing Christians have done in your name and in mine. And so we came into the heart of Jerusalem. We, 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 we love the Jewish people. We minister to them. We, we feed people. We house Holocaust survivors. Uh, we help take care of them. Uh, we, we house displaced individuals. Uh, we help pay for medical bills. Uh, we feed the poor. We want to love them extravagantly. And one of the things that we do is the Friends of Zion Museum. And we actually created an interactive experience that's really quite popular with local tourism, that means Israelis coming, not, not Christians going on tour, a Holy Land tour or something like that, but Israelis that come through, and it connects the dots between the ancient children of Israel 
and the modern-day Jewish people and nation of Israel. And it highlights those Christians that fought against anti-Semitism, sometimes even giving their lives for the Jewish people to support them. It tells a story of love that many people in the nation haven't heard before. There's been a lot of anti-Semitic attacks against the Jewish people done in our name. But we've come into the nation of Israel to say, no, real Christians believe in God's promises. Real Christians love people. They love the Jewish people. We love people and we're here to, to share that with you. God's used us. It's been amazing. It's been an amazing experience. My, my family bought the Tim Boom home. How many of you have heard of Corey Tim Boom before? They bought that house, her home, her family home before I was born, turned it into a museum for the Dutch people where the, the Dutch school children can come and learn about their heritage and learn about what the Tim Boom family did. But that story inspired us. You see, the Tim Boom family for a hundred years, prayed for the Jewish people. This is a hundred years before the modern day nation of Israel, a hundred years before the Holocaust, they prayed for the Jewish people and for the nation of Israel. And so when the Nazis came, they knew what to do. And they stood up, many of them giving their lives. They stood up and they defended the Jewish people. They stood up and, and defended uh, those who were suffering so badly. So when COVID hit, and it's been a weird year and a half, right? Man, it's been weird. I'm normally out of town every, I'm out of town two weeks out every month, at least. Woo, I think my wife got tired of me. It's been a weird year and a half. But you know what? We turned to prayer and we started praying. Every single day, almost daily, I would get on Facebook and I would pray like a live devotional. I'd get on there and I would pray for people's protection. I'd pray for their provision. I'd pray for their peace. And I'd pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Every single day. Sure, a quick word of encouragement with people. And there was an amazing, amazing thing that happened we started to get so many people tuning into that. Sometimes up to 35 million people were watching me on Facebook praying. Dude, how crazy is that? How wild is it? That's, that's more people than tune into Monday Night Football. 35 million people tuning in to pray together. It's not about me. It's not about me being up here. It's not about me on a live video. It has nothing to do with me. It's about coming together and praying together. Why? Because prayer is powerful. Prayer is powerful. But it's even more powerful when you stand together and when you pray together, when you believe together. All right? Now, something weird happened uh, during that time. We had a... a uh, coordinated uh, anti-Semitic attack. We don't pray against anybody. We just, we're praying for peace. Yeah. The, the war in Israel happened there. 
We're praying for Arabs. We're praying for Christians. We're praying for Jews. We're praying for the peace of Jerusalem. We had a coordinated attack with uh, uh, anti-Semitic messages, uh, hundreds of thousands of them, actually numbering into to over a million. Uh, threats and insults and all types of crazy things. We actually got banned by Facebook, not based off of what we were saying, but based off of what was being said in those comments that we had no control over. But we're not worried about it because prayer is powerful. Prayer is powerful. Guys, if you only knew, if, you, if, if all of us only understood the amazing access that God has given us, let me open up in prayer, if I can. Normally, I pray this privately. Before every time I talk, no matter what it is, if, it, if I'm doing a live video, if I'm doing an interview, no matter what, I pray this. And I'm just going to pray it with you right now. Heavenly Father, I come before you, Lord. And God, not me, but you. Give me the words to say and the ability to say them. Empty me of all of my stuff. And Lord, fill me up with your Holy Spirit. Use me in this place, not for my purposes, but for your purposes, God. Not my will, but yours. In the name of Jesus. Amen. How are you guys praying? How are you praying? You know, we all know that prayer is powerful. I think, I think I've said that five times already. We do. We know that prayer is powerful. Why? Because God provides for you in prayer. God's provision. God provides for you in prayer. He doesn't just, he doesn't just provide for you, but you pray and you feel his presence. There is power in the provision and the presence of God. But over this last year or so, I've discovered just personally that there are three other Ps, funny how that works out, that God powerfully uses when you pray. So first off, if I can, because this changed my life. It did. And I believe that it can change yours. First off, point one, the power of proximity. The power of proximity. 1 John 5.14 says this. This is the confidence that we have in approaching God. That if we ask for anything according to his will, he hears us. He hears us. Now, I'm not talking about the being in the presence of God corporately together or even feeling the presence of God when you worship. I'm talking about walking with God. I'm talking about being close with him. I'm talking about relationship. There is an there's an amazing power, not just in getting your request, getting what you've prayed for, but in just even having access to speaking to God, to talking to him, and to being heard. There is a sadness there is a, 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 a burden that you can carry when you're unheard. How many of you have felt that before? 
where you're struggling. You, 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 you have something inside of you. You're trying to speak it. You're maybe even saying it out loud to somebody, but you're misunderstood. You can't be heard in that situation. And no matter how many times you try to relieve yourself of that burden, no matter how many times you try to relieve yourself of the heaviness in your heart, you can't exercise yourself of it. You can't get rid of it. You're trying to talk. You're trying to speak, but you're not heard. Have you ever felt unheard before? Have you ever felt seen and not heard? That used to be how they treated children. That's not how our Heavenly Father treats us. He doesn't just see us. He hears us. He hears you. God hears everything. Did the Bible need to say this? If it didn't matter? No. I believe that this doesn't just mean that you're heard by God. God hears everything that you say. You stub your toe and say a swear word. He hears it. I didn't need to say this. It's saying that you're not just heard, you're understood. He understands you. And you have this amazing access that the king of all kings, the Lord of heaven and earth, the creator of not just this earth, but the entire universe, all of existence, as large of that is, he's larger. He wants to walk with you. He wants to be in relationship with you. And when you walk with him, he hears you. You know, it sounds a little aggrandizing, but I, I took this into practice with my own kids. I go, hey, God is the perfect father. I want to be as much like him as I can be. I want to walk with my kids. And, and by God, if that means I walk physically with them, I'm going to walk with them. And so I started going on a walk every single night. Why not? COVID. Going on a walk with my kids. And I take one of them. I've got a bunch of little kids. I love them. My, uh, my, you know, my four-year-old tells me about bugs. She talks about whatever she wants to talk about. They all do. You talk about whatever you want to talk about. She tells me about bugs. About 45 minutes. Bugs. And I just listen. I love it. My seven-year-old. I have never played Legends of Zelda Breath of the Wild in my life. And I have no interest in doing it. But I know every item in that game. I know how to beat every single boss. Why? Because my seven-year-old tells me about it for about 45 minutes every single time that we walk. All his secrets. All his, his little video game stuff. He loves it. And he just talks to me about it. And I love it. Go ahead, buddy. My, my precious Brooke, she, she tells me about her love for animals and her sensitive sweetheart. My, my oldest, my Michael, he tells me about his adventures with his classmates. And I say nothing. I just listen. And there's power in that. There's power in that. That's what God wants to do with you. Adam walked in the cool of the evening yeah. with God. Enoch walked with God, so God took him because they were that close. God wants to walk with you, have proximity with you, hear you. He wants to hear you.
something magical happens. Maybe I shouldn't say that word in church. I mean it, you know, metaphorically. Something magical happens about 45 minutes into that walk almost every single time. Every single time. They say the, the kind of, it's not meaningless to me, it's important, but they say the everyday stuff, bugs and video games and issues with classmates and this and that and whatever. And then once they've relieved themselves of that, of their immediate need, we get to the heart. And I don't bring it up, they do. The other day I was walking with my four-year-old, cute as can be, the sweetest little thing that you have ever seen in your entire life. I'm biased. And we're walking. And, and bless her heart, she'll, she'll walk the whole time. 45 minutes. Maybe you have to sit down for a, a little bit and rest, you know? But she'll walk with me and I'm holding her hand and she's telling me all about lightning bugs. And then she stops. And she goes, gets real serious. And I, I knew I was to her heart. And she goes, Daddy, uh, you and Mama sometimes say you're done having kids. Does that mean you don't like kids? And she looked so frightened. So hurt. I didn't know she had that on the inside of her. I didn't know that there was a little wound there in her heart. That there was a fear that maybe we didn't love her, we didn't want her. And I grabbed her and I said, no, baby. No. You, you, we don't just love you. You are a blessing to us. We, we, we love you so much, I can't even express it. We are so thankful for you, baby. We love you. Me and Mama love you. And she smiled and she went on her merry way. But we would have never, never gotten to the root of her trouble if we hadn't been walking together. If I hadn't been listening as a father. Just walking and letting her talk. Letting her share her, her interests, her heart. You have that from God. You have it from the King of Kings. The Lord of Lords. Have you accessed it? Or do you pray the same thing every time? Always asking maybe for the same thing. God wants to give you the desires of your heart. He wants to provide for you. He wants to do all of that. But he wants to listen to you. And unburden you of what's been troubling you. He wants to release you of it. Part two. The power of promise. Romans eleven seventeen says this. If some of the branches have been broken off and you, though a wild olive shoot, have been grafted in among the others and now share in the nourishing sap from the olive root. There is a history and legacy of what God has done in and through the Jewish people. It's the foundation of our belief. 
It's more than half of our Bible. Works that God has done in and through the Jewish people. Real people. It's the foundation for us. Did you know? I mean, it says it there. You're grafted in. There are promises for you. God has a promise for you. He has a legacy promise for you. And it's not just God's promises aren't just something that's maybe abstract, something that, uh, you know, it's a lesson for you. Sure, the Bible uses parables, but the whole thing's not a parable. What if you started looking at the word of God, not as an abstract, but as history to which you are a part of? You are a part of the history of God's kingdom. And the Bible has been written already, but the story is not done being told. You're a part of it. You're a part of it if you choose to be. What happens when you realize that? You start praying differently. You start praying differently. You start praying for Jerusalem. Why? Because it's the place where heaven met earth. It's the place where where God came down. It's the place where chains were broken. It's the place of Calvary. It's the place of the message to Judea and Samaria and the rest of the earth. changes shape. You know, when I was a kid, I loved, oh, I loved Jesus. I still do. Obviously, I'm here. I love, I, I love Jesus so much, and I, I believed the Bible with my whole heart, but I'm going to be honest with you, the characters in the Bible were very abstract for me. They were two-dimensional, like a cartoon or something. They weren't real people. But when I was a kid and I went to Israel for the first time and I walked the valley of Armageddon, it's a real place. And I sat on the southern steps of the temple where Jesus taught and chased tax collectors, where he walked on the physical stones. And I prayed at the western wall of the temple, at the wailing wall, something happened to me. I realized that these weren't abstract characters. These were real people. They were real people then and they're real people today. The characters in the Bible are no different from the people that exist today and that I served not a a abstract God up in the heavens that's nebulous that I, I couldn't be a part of but a very real and living God that had a power and a plan and a destiny and that I was a part of it. And so are you. God has a promise for you. He has promises in the Bible that you are given access to. You are allowed to pray. They're promises for the children of Israel, but you are grafted in because of what Jesus Christ has done for you. 
Thank you, Jesus. The Bible's been written, but the story of God's people, that book is still being written, guys. And you're a part of it. God's promises are true. Yesterday, today, and forever. We have a history of prayer. Read the Psalms, y'all. We have a history of prayer that we can access. That we cannot just mimic, but that we can be a part of. God, you did it for them. Do it for me. I don't want to just pray your promises. I want to be a part of your promise today. You are a part of God's promise. Do you realize that? Do you realize that or do you pray it as an outsider? It's not what the Bible tells us. You're not an outsider. You were. But now you're part of the family tree. Three, the power of purpose. Isaiah 55, 8 through 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. God's ways are so much greater than ours, so much bigger than ours, so much more all-encompassing. We can't, we can't even fathom it. We can't even fathom what God is doing. And the Bible, in fact, he tells us that, that, that we sometimes don't know how to pray. Sometimes we don't pray the way that we ought to. And so God, the Holy Spirit, helps us pray. Did you know that you can be pregnant? All right, just let, bear my, my example here. You can be pregnant with prayer. I, I love, I got four beautiful little kids. I love them so much. I'm constantly trying to talk my wife into a fifth, and we'll see what happens, but probably not. But every single time that my wife has been pregnant, oh my goodness. I see that bump and I don't know what it is. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what shape it's going to take. I don't know, boy or girl, what, what, what its first words will be, who it will grow up to be. I don't know any of that. But what I know is that it's a blessing. There's a blessing coming. I got to wait nine months to meet it. But there is something coming. God is doing something. I can feel it kick. I can feel it. You can be pregnant with prayer. You don't know what's going to come. 
You don't know what shape it's going to take. You don't know what it's going to look like. You don't know what God's going to do. But you can feel it. You can feel it in your spirit. Don't let anybody discourage you. Don't let anybody tell you it's not coming. Don't get tired of praying. Don't grow tired of doing good. It doesn't matter what comes your way. It doesn't matter how you don't understand it or how you can't see it or what fears you have or what doubts you have. It's coming. Keep praying. It amazed me. When I was praying, doing those Facebook Live videos, it would amaze me. And sometimes I'd be alone in my office and I would just start to cry, God, you are so good. Because, you know, you go, okay, you commit to praying on a daily basis and and sharing a word of encouragement. Eventually you're going to run out of something to say. (laughs) But every single day, God would do something. Every single day, God would move. Don't grow tired. You can't see it. But keep praying. Keep believing. Wait. Wait for that baby. You know, the Timbooms. Timbooms were a Dutch family. Uh, Casper Timboom. They called him the Grand old man of Harlem. He was an honorable man. He was a clockmaker by trade. Uh, His daughter, Corey, I think she was the first female clockmaker in the region there. And that's, that's what they did. They made clocks. They made watches. And they prayed. They loved people. They loved the Jewish people. They prayed. Their family prayed for a hundred years for the Jewish people. For 99 of those years, they probably looked weird. For 99 of those years, people probably questioned what they were doing. But then the Nazis came. Casper was so well known, he was so renowned, that the Nazis actually knocked on his door, discovered what, he, what they were doing, the whole family, that they had built a secret room in their house. They were using it to hide Jews in it and then sneak them out of the country to protect them, to save them. And the Nazis, he was so respected in the community, they actually came to his door and they knocked on the door. And they said, old man, if you'll promise to not save any more Jews... Don't bring in one more Jew. We'll leave you alone. And Capster said, the next Jew that knocks on my door, I'm going to bring in. It would be my honor to give my life for God's chosen people. He was part of the tree. And he did. He did give his life. Corey survived. And she went on to tell her story. God used it greatly. She traveled with Billy Graham to share her testimony of forgiveness and love. There is purpose. 
in your prayers. There is purpose. You might not get it, but there is. Even Corey, she, her, her, her favorite scripture was the 91st Psalm. Corey lived to be 91 years old. There is purpose. His ways are higher than our ways. You don't see it yet. You might feel like you're stuck. You might feel like your legs are spinning. You might feel like you're struggling. But you're not. You're growing. You're growing a blessing. You're growing in depth with your walk and relationship with the Lord. There is purpose in your prayers. I don't know how you guys have been praying. I don't know. But God has so much more for you. You may feel alone. You may feel burdened. You may have something inside of you that's troubled, that's hurt, that's wounded, and you can't express it. You may feel disconnected from God's promises. You may feel disconnected from the tree. You may be frustrated by your perceived lack of purpose. God, what does it matter? You can come on up, Jay, if you want to, buddy. What does it matter? I'm praying every day. I'm, 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 I'm working every day. I'm doing this. Does, does anybody, is anything happening? Am I moving forward at all in this? You might not see it. That might be where you are. That might be where you, you feel right now. But that's not where you have to stay today. That's not where you have to stay. God has so much more for you. God wants to walk with you. He, he's got a, he wants to be close to you. There's proximity to God for you. Your heavenly father wants to walk with you in the cool of the evening. You just have to open your mouth and start talking to him. It doesn't matter. You talk about bugs. He wants to be close with you. He wants to walk with you. He's got a legacy promise for you to be a part of. You might go, God, I'm not in the ministry or, uh, you know, if I am, I may, I, maybe I feel stuck right now. I've been trapped in lockdown for a year. I don't feel like I'm a part of anything right now. He's got a promise for you. A promise for you to be a part of. You are a part of a greater story. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than me. He has a purpose. 
He's got a purpose for your prayers. There are many a grandma that prayed for grandkids for years seeing no fruit. And they might not see it on this side of glory, but that fruit will come. God has a purpose. A purpose for your prayers. His ways are higher than yours. You might not see it, you might not understand it. But you just wait. You just wait for that baby. Your blessing. Your blessing's coming. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I come before you right now, Lord. And God, I just say, you are so good. That you don't just provide for us. Give us the desires of our heart and our needs, Lord, as we pray for you. You don't just uh, show us your presence and your power, God. Lord, but you want to walk with us. Walk with us in relationship, God. You want to listen to us, to hear our heart, to understand, to unburden us of our pain, of our hurt, maybe that we've held on to for so long that, that, that we can't even remember what it is. It's buried so deep. It can only be revealed by being heard by you. You hear us, God. Lord, nobody here is any less important than anybody else, God. You have a promise. You have a promise, a legacy, God. There are ways that you have worked and moved in the earth for generations. There's a story of your great love, God, that you don't want to just have us be inspired by but you want us to be a part of. Lord, you have given us such an amazing promise. For anybody that feels absent today, for anybody that feels hopeless today, Lord, God, I just pray that they would enter in to the promise that you have for them. Your word is an abstract. It's alive. And the Bible's written, Lord. But you keep writing your story, God. And we're in it. We're in it. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your purpose, God. Lord, I just pray for everybody right now, Lord, that you would... Move them in a new direction, God, that you would, would propel them forward, Lord, into just a new world, a new realm.
of doing life with you, of walking in relationship with you, of walking in your promise, God, of walking in your purpose, God, that you would use those things, that you would use us, God, and that you would propel us further and farther than we ever imagined. In Jesus' precious name. That might be you tonight. Maybe you are a a person who has no idea what I'm talking about. Because you've never walked with God. Because you've never followed Jesus. I want to invite you to come up tonight. I'm going to stand right up here. I'm going to step off the stage. I'm just like you. We're no different. I want you to understand the, the amazing power the veil that's been torn in your life when you choose and decide to follow Jesus. If you've never followed him before, you have a chance right now. I'll pray for you. So all it takes is a decision. If you're a person who's felt stuck, maybe just because you had a weird year, like everybody else. Maybe you, you, you felt like you didn't have a lot of purpose. You felt disconnected from God's word. Felt disconnected from his promises. Or like the, like the story of the, the, the Bible and the, the images of it just didn't have flesh that you needed to see. And you want to connect with the promise that God has for you with the purpose that he has for you. You want to connect with him and walk with him, be close to him in a new way. I want to pray for you that that you would walk into that today as well. Amen. Thank you for listening today. If you were blessed and you want to be a part of what God is doing through Courageous Church, including ways that you can give, visit us online at courageouschurch.com.